Welcome to China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. The Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, is set to become a global star in 2023. She'll play a prominent role at the meeting of the G7 in Japan in the spring. Furthermore, Joe Biden may well invite her to Washington to try to shore up the transatlantic alliance. As a NATO member, Italy hosts the US Navy's Sixth Fleet in Naples, where more than 33,000 US service members are stationed. So what about Italy's connection with China? A few years ago, there was much talk of win-win relationships. However, Giorgia Maloney displays a nationalistic streak, which doesn't bode well for collaboration with the Chinese. Our guest this week is someone who's ideally placed to explain Ms Maloney and her foreign policy. Bill Emmett writes frequently about Italian politics, and he's the former editor-in-chief of The Economist. Bill, welcome back to China in Context. It's great to be with you, Duncan. Let's begin with an explanation of Prime Minister Maloney and her party, the Brothers of Italy. Now, because she's a woman, it does strike me as slightly odd that she's the leader of a group of brothers, but I gather that the party takes its name from the Italian national anthem. Now, this is a political party which has been described as nationalistic. Uh, it's also been termed protectionist, ultra-conservative, far-right. I've even heard the word neo-fascist used. How do you define the prime minister and her politics? Well, Duncan, I think that um, the first word that uh, springs to mind, both in my mind and in the mind of Italians about Georgia Maloney, is that she's new. One reason she has risen to the top really quite rapidly uh, as a young woman, 45 years old, uh, in Italian politics is that all of the alternatives, both on the right and the left, felt stale and already disappointing as far as Italian voters are concerned. So her first attraction to Italian voters, and indeed the basis of her victory in the elections uh, in September, um, was actually her novelty, both as a woman and as a, as, a, as a younger politician. She is certainly nationalist. She comes from, yes, a party that has origins in neo-fascism, but I don't think that label is very relevant, at least not for her and her politics, because while she's also pretty conservative socially in terms of the things she says, particularly about gay rights, for example, or about abortion, she's also unconventional. I think that she shows that she can set her own rules, if you like. She understands that putting Italy first also means putting Italy first within international frameworks and international arrangements, which Italy needs in order to be able to uh, achieve its goals. So she's been very strongly supportive of the both European and American position on Ukraine and against Russia, despite in the past having, as it were, been thought of as a Putin sympathizer. And similarly, on European matters, she has shown herself to understand that Italy while it wishes to get its own way when it can, it also benefits enormously from European public investment funds. Well, Prime Minister Maloney leads a coalition, and that type of government often has a fairly short lifespan in Italy. She's due to represent her country at important international events and summits in 2023. 
Do you think she's built a sufficiently stable power base at home to take on these foreign responsibilities? I think for the moment, she's pretty strong. For the moment, she's absolutely dominant within her coalition, but she has stolen a lot of her votes from her partners, from in particular Matteo Salvini, the head of the of the former Northern League, now called the League, um, who is similarly a far-right nationalist figure. She doesn't face any important elections in Italy during 2023. And it's in Italy, Italian politics, it's when an election proves that you are weakening and your rival is strengthening that the possibility of destabilization really happens. Well, let's talk about China then. President Xi Jinping went to Rome in 2019 and signed a memorandum of understanding with a previous prime minister, Giuseppe Conte. That put Italy on course to join China's Belt and Road Initiative. In fact, it was the first EU country to take such a step. Now, a lot's happened since 2019. And it strikes me that while Mr Conte cultivated very positive relations with China, Ms Maloney takes a much more hawkish approach. What's your view? Looking back at 2019, the right way to understand the quite controversial Italian overtures to China um, is to remember that Italy needs investment. And it wasn't getting it from its own resources because it's got a very high debt. It couldn't get it at that time from European uh, funds either. Um, China was there with a very large amount of money uh, and this Belt and Road Initiative and the then populist government of Five Star and League, a kind of strange coalition of left and right, decided that, uh, well, if China's offering this money, why not accept it? There wasn't really an ideological position behind this. It was rather um, a sort of needs-must position, although there was an important minister in that government called Michele Geracci, um, a professor of, uh, of economics and, and, uh, and with a particular knowledge of China, um, and indeed speaks fluent Chinese, um, at the University of Nottingham, uh, and who spends a lot of time in China and is what you might describe as a realist about China. In other words, he is someone who says we need to take China for what it is rather than for what we would like it to be. And he was a strong advocate of that um, overture to China. Now, he's not in power. There is no equivalent to him in the current government. And what's happened in the meantime is that the European Next Generation Funds has come along with a vast amount of public investment. So Italy no longer needs China in that sense. It's got Europe and it's not going to put European money at risk during the current period. So under Mario Draghi, Giorgio Maloney's predecessor, Italy moved strongly away from China, in part because it wanted to be pro-American, but also because it had the European money and didn't need to worry about China. Ah, well, you make an interesting point there that Prime Minister Maloney wants to be seen as pro-American. Now, when she goes to the United States, she hasn't met uh, Joe Biden yet, but I think she will this year. She tends to portray herself and the party as being mainstream conservative. So she gets uh, quite a lot of attention there. Uh, she supports lower taxes. She says she's got a business-centric approach and so on. Do you think she's seen as an ally who can be trusted by the Americans? Joe Biden's America 
will see her as someone who they don't really see eye to eye with. They have a different view of, of economic policy in particular. Um, Biden's America is much more progressive than the one that she advocates. She speaks at conservative conferences in America. So instinctively, the Biden group will feel a bit suspicious of her. And secondly, uh, Italy is not playing an important part in the war in Ukraine. It's not an important supplier of, of weapons or finance for the conflict in Ukraine. So while Joe Biden will look at Italy as being a useful ally, he certainly won't think of it or indeed Georgia Maloney as a potentially close ally. He will welcome her to the White House. Uh, he will pay his respects, but it won't be close in the way that he can be close with Emmanuel Macron, for example, in Europe. Now, one of the things that I've observed about China is that it much prefers to pursue its diplomatic objectives by fostering bilateral relationships with individual countries rather than through multilateral institutions such as the EU. And I think that's an important point as far as Italy is concerned, because Prime Minister Maloney is a Eurosceptic. Now, in the past, she's advocated the breakup of the European institutions, although, as you've mentioned, Bill, they're providing a bit of an economic lifeline to Italy. Um, and even though she hasn't been prime minister for very long, she's already had spats with France and with Germany. I'd like to hear your perspective on how you think this affects the relationship between Italy, Europe and China. First of all, to go back to 2019 that you rightly uh, mentioned, at that time, China's openness to introduce Italy to the Belt and Road Initiative was very much part of a divide and rule strategy, a, uh, an effort to go bilateral rather than going multilateral. That's absolutely right. Now, I think that China will still look for every opportunity that it can to go bilateral. Uh, it prefers to do that and will look for signs of weakness and division that it can exploit. But I'm not sure Italy's any longer going to be a good candidate for that. It's true that some Italian businesses have been bought by Chinese ones. Um, for example, Pirelli in the tire industry a number of years ago. Chinese capital has been a useful, if you like, uh, last resort buyer of um, like failing Italian uh, companies that needed turning around. But now, I don't think that Georgia Maloney is going to be very receptive to that. She is nationalist. She is protectionist. She will tend to seek, if you like, Italian solutions, as uh, her party calls them, rather than looking for a, a white knight, a savior from China, I think. And secondly, she's got all this, this European money coming that she's not going to put at risk. So while I think China would happily do that divide and rule if it can, I don't think that Italy is a good candidate for it. More likely candidates are those who are caught in the crossfire of the US-China technological battle, those for whom the semiconductor industry is important, for those for whom semiconductor equipment manufacturing and sales are important. And that is much more Northern Europe. That's more Germany. It's more the Netherlands. The big test, I think, of like Europe-US solidarity on policy with China is going to be the degree to which European companies, which really means German and Dutch companies in this case, but some other smaller ones, British as well, will or will not abide by the US export control guidelines that they've put in. 
um, on semiconductor equipment and semiconductor designs and so forth for China. Italy is not in the firing line for that. It's not big in those industries. It's much more in medium technology um, equipment businesses and not in that high tech end. But for some of those European companies, that's going to be the key test. Um, and I think China, if it can see some opportunities to try to break Europe away from the US or at least destabilize the US-Europe relationship, it will do so through those commercial interests that some Northern European companies have in continuing to sell to China. Finally, let me ask you a hypothetical question. Last year, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz went to Beijing to meet with Xi Jinping. Uh, the red carpet is being rolled out for Emmanuel Macron uh, in China in 2023. If Mr Xi invites Prime Minister Maloney to the Great Hall of the People, how will she respond? I think that she would be quite reluctant to make a priority of going to China. I don't think it would benefit her greatly domestically, but she would take advice. She would realise that obviously a relationship with China is important for Italy and for Italian uh, business, albeit not in high technology, as I, as I said. The advice might well be, if you've been invited, then you should go, in which case she'd go. In other words, I think she would take a quite a pragmatic view of it. She's never going to be a sympathizer to China. She's not ideologically aligned. She's not, uh, as I say, she hasn't got a strong economic interest in, in kowtowing to uh, China either. The business pressure on the government has very much often been about Russia rather than China. Big Italian business and many Italian businesses have had historic, long-term, quite deep relationships with Russia, um, in particular in oil and gas, but also in, in other sectors. They haven't had that with China. China matters, particularly to small and medium-sized uh, Italian businesses exporting machinery, but also um, exporting uh, manufacturers of many kinds. But the business lobby on China is not so powerful. So although Miss Maloney and her party very much respond to business because they are a right-wing party. I don't think that China is going to be a big factor in her thinking this year. Bill, thank you for explaining those issues so clearly and really making the fascinating world of Italian politics come alive for us. That was the writer and journalist, Bill Emmett. This podcast is made by the SOAS China Institute and there are details of courses and events on our web pages, soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team. Thank you.